You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mr. You. Thank you again for joining us on the All Purpose Pod for an All Purpose Life. Wherever you are today, however you're listening to the podcast for the people, thank you again for making they call me Mr. You. Just a small part of your morning, your day, and your week with your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you again for your support for our show. You've been sharing, listening, and subscribing, and we really, really appreciate it. We are in the next to final episode of season three. Man, it's happened so fast. It felt like it was only yesterday that we started this season. But here we are. I don't know about you, but this season more than anyone so far has really impacted me. I had, I shared some things that honestly, I never thought I would share publicly. And I grew as a result. So I I know that it's impacted you. I've been hearing from you guys on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram a little bit. I'll tell you what. Keep it coming. I'm excited for your progress. I'm excited for your growth. And I'm so excited that you think that They Call Me Mr. You is worth listening and subscribing to. So I appreciate it. Let's jump into our episode for today. The man and his mission. You know, if I randomly... If I randomly asked you, would you trade your worst moments for somebody else's best moments? Well, I'm pretty sure that most people would take that deal more than the people who would say no to that because we live in the present. We think sometimes in the present. We don't think about future ramifications for the decisions that we make. If we can have the all the solutions and the remedies for our problems right now, we will take that. That's why we have a rub the magic lamp so I can have a genie kind of mentality. How fast can I get this resolution? How fast can I make this growth happen? Personally, in business, in relationship. How quick can I have it? How many wishes do I get? That's the mentality of the world that we live in right now. I believe some of us know better than that kind of mentality. We need hindsight to help us appreciate what we learn through life struggles. It's normal and common, but it's really unfortunate. We, in effect, curse the storm clouds and the rain as if they were permanent when they're really temporary. We don't seem to understand that in the moment when we're in the midst of the mission, Just think about how we feel and the injustice being done against us or what have you. Have you ever pointed a finger, an accusing finger, at someone who mishandled their platform? Think about how easy it was to do that. It was easy, wasn't it? The focus on self 
has undone many a mission. Going back through the annals of time, placing the interests of others over oneself is a consistent theme in scripture, but seemingly very difficult to do. It's almost as if we're going against our nature. Despite the world around us, society's outlook has improved when the interest of many is valued more than the interests of just a few. Society's outlook has improved when the interest of many is valued more than the interests of just a, a small few. Not exactly how things look these days, huh? It's one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. But I believe that today was a great day to kind of share it from a different viewpoint. I want to talk to you about the story of Joseph. If you haven't heard of him, you understand him a lot better and you'd be much more educated than you were before by the time the episode is done today. I want to talk to you about the story of Joseph. What do you know about Joseph? What do you know about his story? Most people, especially when I was growing up, they only knew one thing about Joseph. He had an amazing Technicolor dream coat. That's all they knew about him. But there's so much more to the story that I believe once you understand it, it may help you see your circumstances a little differently, or at least provide you with an education. But the story of Joseph is a lot of things, but at its core, it's a story of preparation. If you were an author, you might write a story full of tragedy, conflict, struggles, adversities, and other arcs, any other ups and downs, but you probably wouldn't write that for yourself if you were writing your own story, would you? Preparation doesn't always look the way we would prefer it to look. The individual reader of these passages will look at Joseph's life and trials and see him as an individual as well. I'm going to ask you to read this on your own and take an alternative view. Look at him not as a man that was mistreated by those he loved or someone that was lied on and was innocent, but still thrown into prison. Let's not look at him as someone who had a chance to gain revenge against those who hurt him, but he didn't. Or someone who had power and authority and could finally pay back all the wrongs done to him. I'm going to bust your bubble today. This wasn't a story about individuals. This wasn't a story about a man with problems. This wasn't even a story about a brother who was wronged and now was vindicated. This wasn't about gaining favor and showing them haters how wrong they were. Nope, nope, and nope. This was about a man that yielded himself to the mission that God gave him. That part can get lost in all the fantastical storytelling that took place here. All of the ups and downs, the conflict, the adversity, the struggle that makes any good story even better because we get invested in it. We root for the hero. But this was about a man who yielded himself to the mission that the Lord gave him. Very understated, not only in this story, in this account, but also in our lives by reflection. He humbled himself throughout all those things I described and was given a position and opportunities through the favor of God, not to elevate the person in his position, 
but to elevate God himself through the completion of the mission. God was seen more than Joseph was in the scenario. Why? Because Joseph completed the mission. He walked in complete obedience to the mission. See, in these times, we think about our own standing, our own position. How do we come up? How do we take next steps? How do we do what we dream of doing? Who do we have to step over to get there? What lie do we have to tell to get there? How can we position ourselves in the best possible light? Joseph didn't do any of these things. And in his adherence to the mission, he elevated his God. And as a result, God was glorified and a nation was set free. The minute we start talking about ourselves and elevating ourselves, we start thinking about the other person. That's kind of where the problem begins and ends. Joseph was committed to God as a son, as a servant. He was committed to the mission. See, the position didn't matter. And we can learn from his example of Joseph in the Potiphar's house, constantly being accosted by his master's wife. His response to her sexual advances was all the proof that I needed. So know that was true. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph, scripture reads, and said, come to bed with me. But Joseph refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? Genesis chapter 39, verse 7 through 10, NIV version. Joseph's answer was clear evidence that he understood the position he was in. By position, I don't mean his role in Potiphar's house. I'm talking about his position in this situation on the road to completion of the mission that God assigned him to complete. See, there's some times where we have eh, a little bit of a children of Israel mentality. We're on the road, on a journey somewhere, but we stop and make a permanent home for a temporary place, if that makes sense. Joseph understood that his job was only a part of the mission. It was not the mission. He told his master's wife that nothing in the house has been outside of his reach, but she was off limits. The show-stopping part of that response for me was the last part. Joseph didn't mention that it would be a sin against Potiphar, his boss, or even against his wife, though her intentions were not good, as we can see. He said, how then can I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? His only concern and his top priority was to please the Lord and to avoid sinning against him. This is not to imply that we should be cold and callous about hurting, disrespecting, and sinning against our employers, our neighbors, or anyone close enough to us. I'm not saying that at all. This should never be our goal anyway. But there's no way to sin against man and not sin against God first. He's our true employer. And we have a charge to keep when it comes to him. We walk the earth carrying his breath and his purpose. 
and they're both on loan. We owe everything that we have and ever will have in the future to him. Pleasing him should be our top priority like it was for Joseph. Joseph fully understood his judgment and his account was in the hands of only one. And his name was not Potiphar. It's amazing to me the things and the people that we put our trust in. The word trust doesn't only mean a firm belief or reliability in the strength of someone or something. It also means a place of safekeeping, a charge to be kept. In some words, or in some ways, it means a credit to be redeemed at a later date. In some ways, it means a credit to be redeemed at a later date. When we trust, we are giving something of ourselves to a person or an effort. When we trust, we're giving ourselves to a person or an effort. Raise your hand if you know what it looks like to be trusted with something very valuable. It could be a jewel. It could be a project. It could be a person. Some people have become parents and entrust their lives or have been, been entrusted with the lives and development of an impressionable child. That's a trust. That's a responsibility. It's not something that we take. We should take lightly. We have huh, stewardship of someone great. That person could become the next president. We have stewardship over a person their life and development. The job of a parent should never be taken lightly. Some managers are given exclusive access to highly classified files and sensitive materials, highly classified projects. As a manager in the corporate world, I was one of those people. I was overwhelmed by the responsibility when something said classified. (laughs) Exclusive access. Sensitive data almost gives you kind of a chill bumps because you you realize that the way you treat this is of tantamount importance. Some directors are asked to manage the finances and global profiles of massive organizations. Some people are just being entrusted with being, being careful about valuable information about another person. Joseph, while at a tender age, was given valuable information. He was shown a glimpse of something great. He was given a bird's eye view of the future while he was still in the present. Wow. You ever seen one of those online polls where the poster asks you if you had a choice, which would you choose? The red pill that allows you to have unlimited wealth or the blue pill that allows you to see the future. Now, I won't speculate on the results of the poll, because it kind of doesn't matter. But like most stuff, it is subjective. Many people would choose what they considered to be the certainty. Honestly, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's human nature to pick the certainty out of those two options. You know, they always say a bird in hand beats two in the bush, right? There's an old Russian proverbs. If you chase two rabbits, you will catch neither. Most people probably, if I can assume, would likely take the red pill and choose the unlimited wealth. Is that short-sighted? Is that a vain or foolish choice? 
What if taking the blue pill revealed that you would lose all of your wealth as well as your life? What if the blue pill revealed that you only live two years after receiving that massive fortune? Then what good would all that wealth do, huh? Seeing into the future is not for the faint of heart. I think Joseph felt that overwhelming sense of responsibility. Seeing into the future is not for the faint of heart. Joseph saw something that mere men would not understand. What does a person do when they get a glimpse into time? What happens when a person gets a valuable information or a valuable mission? The story of Joseph, period, is incredible. I found many parallels in it while studying it over the past couple of decades at least. The story of Joseph and Potiphar is just a small wrinkle in an even more astounding picture. Imagine what would happen if Joseph, like so many of us, twisted in our supposed value and our employers more than we trusted in our own creator. What if, like Joseph, like many of us, we trusted in our own value and our own and our employers, our skill set? We trusted in that more than we trusted in the creator. He would be like many of us, thinking that we're bigger than our assignment. Thinking that because we had been graced with a platform and some clout and a little teensy-weensy bit of credibility, that we're elevated in some way and that we deserve all the accolades that go with that, all of the praise and honor and glory that go with that. Who would you say should be credited for Joseph's mature rise to governorship of Egypt? Second in command to the most powerful man in the land at that time. Think about that for a minute. Did he have the skill set to be the governor of Egypt? Or did he have the right heart? Joseph went from an immature and perhaps slightly prideful young boy into an administrator, a visionary, and a governor of men. Joseph's story is similar to many of ours, if you think about it. Maybe you can relate to being immature and thinking of yourselves more highly than you should. Maybe you can relate to being hated by people that were assigned to love you. Maybe they thought their world would be much better if you weren't in it anymore. So they threw you in a pit and left you there alone. Perhaps you found yourself in the hands of people who only care about profit and had no regard for your value and your worth or your purpose. They had no regard for you. Maybe you know what it feels like to be sold out. Perhaps you know what it feels like to be given an opportunity of a lifetime. And then lose it all because of one false accusation. Joseph was an uncommon man with common emotions. How would you feel if you were innocent, but still considered guilty? That happens to a lot of people. On the big stage, and even the small, obscure stages too. How would you feel if you were innocent, but still considered guilty? Look around at family and friends and associations, colleagues, churchmates, teammates, schoolmates. How would you feel if you were innocent 
but still considered guilty. How would you feel if you had been banished to a strange land without the love of your family or even a friend? Joseph was a man on a mission, and the mission was much bigger than he was. It's a scary situation where that man thinks he is bigger than the mission he's assigned to. That happens. It happens very often, as a matter of fact. I've read and studied the story of Joseph, but I lost track of how many times. One of the most interesting things about this account in scripture is that, well, something is kind of hidden in this story. I didn't realize it the majority of the times that I read this. I mean, his rise to prominence is incredible. I don't think as an author, I could write it better. I'm pretty sure I can. But it's something that's hidden in this incredible story. Something that we don't even talk about. I haven't heard anybody preach about it in, in ever. Joseph's silence. One of the things that's hidden in this story that nobody talks about is his silence. He had more than enough right to speak out when his brothers were going to throw him into a pit and leave him for dead. He had more than enough right to tell everybody that wanted to hear it. This woman's trying to rape me or accost me sexually or accuse me falsely. I'm in this jail and I shouldn't be here. I'm innocent. And start a crusade. But he was silent. I don't mean literally. He shared his dream with his family, with his brothers and his father. He told his boss's wife, no can do on the sexual advance stuff. He shared interpretations of dreams with a couple of prisoners. He talked, but he never complained. He was falsely accused, left for dead, falsely imprisoned and forgotten about by his friends and his family. So if anybody should complain, Joseph had a right, wouldn't you say? But he never did. And that was the most impactful aspect of this story, in my humble opinion. Every feeling, every emotion, every concern was never noted in print when that happened. From Genesis all the way through the New Testament. How is it or why is it that Joseph was such an exception to the rule? He was human. So you know he had feelings and fears and issues. But the one thing he did that was so impressive to me is that he placed him in the proper location. It wasn't that he didn't have feelings and he didn't have fears. And he had to deal with his courage. But he placed him in the proper location. We go on social media and let everybody know we're mad at them because they tried to play us or disrespect us. We're mad at them because they said the wrong thing at the wrong time. Or they disparaged your name and didn't have the guts to tell you to your face. We go on social media all in our feelings and lay it all out for strangers to read. People we hardly even know. It doesn't mean he was an introvert and not good at communication. It more implies that he understood the mission he was on. And his focus was solely on that. 
His focus was solely on who sent him on said mission. He placed all of his trust and faith and belief on the maker, not his skills, not his talents, not his credibility with men, of which he had plenty, but on the maker. Can you honestly say right now that you have a dream that's bigger than you? Where do you place all of your concerns? Where do you place all of your fears? Where do you place all of your feelings? Do you lean on men to give you comfort? Do you rely on your friends to make you feel better about what's going on in your life? Do you hope for commiseration with those you hope understand you? Even if you stop right where you are, in the areas you have complained about, griped about, and shown a lack of appreciation about, as hard as you try, with all the power of meditation and reflection and just really happy thoughts, you still may not be able to see the overarching point in all of this. The point of all you're going through, you, you still may not even get it. Joseph probably couldn't do that either. But there's one thing that separates Joseph from everybody else. Like a good soldier, he trusted his commanding officer. And he trusted the integrity of the mission. I'm going to say that again for those in the back. I think you need to hear it. Like a good soldier, he trusted his commanding officer. And he trusted the integrity of the mission. At the end of the day, despite all you're going through, it looks like hell is breaking through in your entire life. It, it may feel like nothing's going right at all, anywhere. And you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. Today's a great day to do what Joseph did. Trust your commanding officer and trust the integrity of the mission because you are on one right now. You're not just living life, you are on a mission. Do you know what that is and why are you doing it? I hope you do. Wherever you are today, however you are listening to the podcast for the people. Thank you once again for making a call me Mr. You, just a small part. Your morning, your day, and your week. We are and aspire to be always your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thanks again. Coach out. Enjoy the music. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.